biometrics, cloud computing, and cup holders on this October 2018 episode of Okay, then my finger's not on the pulse of America. Craig. Say it again. MJ. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. The rest of the world's entertained. Are you ready? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the second episode of Cybertalk Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. With uh, your gracious hosts, Nate, Nate, Tony, Asshat, Ben. On fifth mic today. Disclaimer: While this is an informative podcast, and there are professionals here, use the information we give you at your own risk. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll already have put together the fact that we are trying to tell you to double check everybody. Yes, like In- including, including us. yourself. <laughs> no, including yourself. Yes, absolutely. It- what trust but verify? Yeah, trust but verify. Trust but verify. Yeah. Facial recognition security. One of the things you're taught in school or through certification as well is the problems with biometric, regardless whether it's face or fingerprint or anything like that. First off, most of them are pretty easy to fake. You know, you come up with something 3D, even if you had a rendering or really decent rendering of somebody's face, you could probably. A picture? Yeah. 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 I mean, some are harder to fool than others. But uh, like fingerprint, you know, palm print scanners, stuff like that. It, it's there's uh, two things in there. There's uh, false positives and false negatives. False negatives are annoying, but they don't tend to, to create a problem unless there's a ton of them. And it might have a point five false positive rate. But if there's any kind of false positive, it's statistically at all. significant. Yeah. Right. So you're saying that in a facial recognition profile that there is a percentage of I don't know, false positive that all right i got 95 percent of the phone i'm a picture i'm gonna let i'm gonna let the person in right is that, that is that what i'm getting out of that not quite uh you come in and you've got a doppelganger you got somebody that twin. or a twin or something like that the facial recognition is going to be like okay well that's close enough because it can't it, it's not gonna oh you had a zit last week now you don't mm, can't well, let beards, you in the door now hats. Right, right stuff like that so it's one of those things where you have to have an error, a margin of error to be able to say, well, yeah, that's actually so. And so they didn't have a zit. Now they do. But because of that, false positives can be inherent. You know, if you got somebody that looks just like you. So is there a percentage of false? Po- I mean, uh- every device has one and you can get those those statistics from the device manufacturer in most cases. OK. And you should. You should, because if you have something, as far as I'm concerned, anything is is too much as far as false positive. That's, again, my opinion. We can have a false positive with a four-digit password, too, right? I mean, a lot slimmer, but if you just start jabbing numbers. Yeah, you can only have 9,099 combinations, and more than likely, you're not going to go through them. So, yeah, but the, the thing is, is usually if you look at your phone and you tilt it in the light just mm-hmm. right, you can see those four right. digits. You can see your fingerprints and where they've been. That's so because the middle of your screen is not something that you touch too incredibly often. So if you turn that, turn it just <laughs> right, you can see. And then you've taken nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine down to what? Four times uh, exactly 16 to break into your girlfriend's phone. 32 somewhere around in there. When she goes to the bathroom to mm. clean the phone off. So, but it's yeah, still digits. an equivalent of, I mean, it's results the same, right? You still have unauthorized access. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of how to, to explain it. If I have a fingerprint scanner, I think fingerprint's probably the better way to go because it, it'll make more sense. And the pattern on my finger isn't exact because I put my finger down a different way or something like that. Well, you don't want that device to have to keep saying no, 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 no. So you have to have a margin of error. Mm-hmm. To where, okay, I can't see this little space over here, but we're going to go ahead and assume. And I don't even want to say it's 95% because I, I really don't know. But if you have uh, fingerprints and you get on there and your pattern is really close to somebody else's, you could wind up with a false positive. Same as just jabbing, jabbing a number. Kind of. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Output's the same. The outcome's the same. You know, it's still not a, it's still not a good deal. So I, I don't know how you, how you reconcile those two things. Though. Well, I know even my phone, if I'm not making eye contact with that camera it'll it won't unlock and i actually have to glance like if i'm driving i'll do this and it won't pick up and if i glance over to it you know actually i don't use my phone while i'm driving but well of course not no no that, that would be illegal in the state <laughs> with all that being said should they should we have facial recognition for uh not yet security Again, yeah, I'm, I'm this is my, my opinion, my probably my opinion alone, but not yet. It's fun. It, I don't want to say it's gimmicky because that, that kind of takes any thunder out of it. But until they get it 100% unfoolable, non-fallible, then I wouldn't. Just Fingerprint? Infallible. Fingerprint infallible. too? Huh? <clears throat> The fingerprint, the fingerprint Finger- thing is Finger- actually even more worrisome because fingerprints are not unique. Just, just to let you know, CSI is not reality. Okay. I, no, our, our courts rely on fingerprints, eyewitness testimony, and lie detector tests, all of which are notoriously unreliable. I thought lie detector tests weren't admissible. Uh, it depends on the uh, jurisdiction. Yeah, and it's probably. I mean, it, I think it it lends to it's probably not probable cause worthy. But it's reasonable suspicion worthy, yeah. right? It helps to build, you know. So, like, if you if you get pulled over and you smell like alcohol, that's not a crime. And if you say you went to a bar, that's not a crime. And if you say you know, if your eyes are bloodshot and watery, that's not a crime. But you start to assemble all these little pieces of reasonable suspicion that build toward probable cause. So, yeah, I think in that in that regard, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all yeah, totality of the circumstances, what we call it, mm-hmm. actually. If I had glasses, I'd push them up on my nose right now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I took one off. I'll just off. do that. You got for y'all get covered. Thank you. Yeah. Since I'm the only four eyes in the room. Well, I did. Did I just recently, in regards to the Equifax stuff, see an article about how the I guess the European Union's going to fine Equifax five hundred thousand or something. I think it was five hundred million. Okay, so million. here's here's how that works. Um, little funny point of note. We don't have rules here that Europe, well, European Union just instituted, and their their rules are called GDPR. And part of that is the ability for a person to be able to remove themselves off of certain lists after the information has been given. In other words, if you have an interaction with, say, Amazon, and you Amazon stores your information, you can come back and tell Amazon, get rid of that shit. I don't want it. I don't want you harboring it anymore. And they can remove it. As in getting rid of a purchase you just made? Well, getting rid of any of the transactions, like let's say Alexa, you know how she, and she does record your voice. Hi, Wiretap. Can you put milk on my list? Wiretap. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. But what they do is they record all of that, and they say it's for analytics. 
to learn um, your voice. to be able sure to, to learn your voice because yeah the the machine learning type deal that it gets better and better at recognizing accents and stuff like that but all of that audio you can't request to get removed you can go in and delete it yourself but you cannot call Amazon get rid of that they won't or at least not that I'm aware of GDPR says if you request it in writing, email, however, they are required to remove it. And if it comes up later that they didn't remove it, they were harboring it, it's it's a fine. In this particular case, the information, if I if I have this right, I'm pretty sure I do, um, the reason they're getting fined is because that GDPR data should have been gone. And it wasn't because it was transactional data. And so it should have been removed and wasn't by uh, European Union law. Right. And it's, it's specifically the UK. And you're right. It's $500,000. The uh, Information Commissioner's Office. Well, fine, I don't know what their currency is, but just, you know, the Ellen. 500,000 pounds. I'm sorry. Yeah. So about 700. Right at a million dollars? Yeah, 700. 700,000. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's enough. No, personally. It's, it's not. But. It's it's based on the amount of the the type of data and the amount of data. Have right. you ever seen Have you ever seen a corporate fine that would actually get a corporation to behave and rather than just pay it off? Right. We actually have those laws and fines in place. We're just not instituting them. And five hundred thousand, whatever it may come out to in U.S., doesn't seem like a lot for a company. Not not for Equifax. Especially Equifax is Equifax. making yeah, they're making well, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. They, well, take take a look at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo committed large-scale felony fraud from the top down. They're still in business. The fines that they paid don't even equal a day's profits. You know what you can blame that on, though? You can bring that, blame that on law? Of course you can blame that on because law. Because there were laws in place that should have been... It, we will get, get to that. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be in this particular podcast. We'll have to figure it out because I do want to go through like regulation, hiring, and stuff like that, right. but... Um, if laws were if people, I really believe that people would do it more if the regulations that were in place were cracked down on. Uh, when other than the HIPAA wall of shame, where are you going to see that uh, the surgical center around the corner from your house got tagged with a HIPAA fine, and therefore they're doing what they're supposed to do now, where they weren't before? They're just not doing it enough. They're going after because they have limited manpower. Cybersecurity is not one of those areas where there's a ton of people doing it. Mm -hmm. But um, 13,000 professionals less than less than I think it was. I think it was a single like it was four digits, not five. Yeah. Mm. Um, Just another point of interest on the Equifax breach. And we can go into that in a little more detail. It might uh, have been 13,000 13, positions in cybersecurity that can't be filled. Oh, okay. That uh, might have been the stat that I'm that's remembering. Probably, well, I'm just getting my numbers from, from Indeed. So, if, I mean, I can actually answer that. Give me just a but, second. Uh, Equifax in Argentina reportedly had admin as both the username and password. Yay! Really? Yeah. That's the same password I use. No, I thought it was 1234. That's the Whoa. luggage. Oh. But it won't let me use admin. No, it's admin 1234. Well, and that fine may be appropriate if it's if it's per per instance, right? So if you depend on what they're taking and storing right. and what they're not supposed to have. So if you go on Amazon, you may look at thirty five different products. You might not buy anything if they're not allowed to retain any of that data. If you tell them not to, 
that's $500,000 per 35 items, and that's just you. Right. So that may be, you know, it, it, and you see people get arrested for 600 counts of whatever crime, right, for drug paraphernalia. They've got, you know, one bag of weed and 599 Bag, or glassine bags, right? So it's you know, so yeah, we'll charge them. That's and it always gets you know played down, but that's that that may be the spirit behind that law. Just just a pack of papers, and you get hit for each individual paper. Like it's Kleenex, man. Well, that's the way HIPAA works. HIPAA HIPAA is uh, per separated infraction. So for every different user or user, every different person, every different infraction up to a certain amount. You're tagged for so if you had 500,000 people uh, with the same problem affected by the same problem that's 500,000 fines now you won't make it because the uh, app was it 1.4 or 1.5 I think it's 1.4 yeah 1.4 million per per separated fraction maximum per year and that's only if you can be shown to be remiss like uh, if you didn't know we'll say um, then you know, oh, I didn't know, and then it's a different fine. I want to say it's like one hundred twenty-five thousand in that case. They knew. Oh no, they always know. But in in this case in particular, um, it was five hundred thousand pounds total, because that's the maximum fine allowed by law under the UK's Data Protection Act in nineteen ninety-eight. So they haven't updated this. In in, this is why you should 20, always set things as ratios yeah, instead of. This is the HIPAA wall of shame located at. OCRportal.hhs.gov, uh, and for those who don't know, the reason uh, it's the OCR website is because to be in breach of the HIPAA security rule, it is an Office of Civil Rights issue, which, if you think about it, that's kind of interesting. Of course uh, it is. It's an information. But on this particular day, uh, there's a breach report that goes through all of the people that have been slapped with fines, and uh, the fine that was paid and... Uh, for example, J.A. Stokes. Man, they've actually cranked up their game here lately. There's a lot of 2018s in here. A lot. Yeah, they finally uh, funded one of the agencies. I mean, they don't give you a lot of detail, but for uh, like Rise Wisconsin, RSE Wisconsin Incorporated, they're a healthcare provider. They yes. got uh, they got fined on six seven of 2018, and the only thing it says is hacking slash IT incident. It says network server. So it, it kind of gives you an idea why some of them say email, some of them say desktop computer. But if you click on the arrow next to it, it's supposed to give you. Oh, and it doesn't give you more details. Um, but these are the people that have been fined. Yeah, and they're all over. There's Texas, California, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Illinois. They're they're everywhere. Uh, do we have an L.A. in here? Or are we just ignored? We're probably ignored. I don't see a single one. For now. Well, there's a there's a there's a body of knowledge that you have to have that you have to have been exposed to, that IT, you can learn as you go. You can learn, all right, these are the problems I'm going to run into on a regular. These are the things that I'm going to need to be able to fix. These are things. So learning through experience is something that you can do in the IT world. But in when dealing with cybersecurity, when dealing when being a doctor or something like that, you're going to encounter a lot of things that you never would have encountered before, and you might never encounter again, but you still need to have the knowledge of how to cope with it. Right. You still need to have the knowledge of how to deal with it. And it's the things you don't know that take you down. If you're just make, making sure a network doesn't go down and then you bring it back up when it does go down because something went wrong in a power supply, um, you, you, uh, the, the battery on the board died. 
um, you go fix that. And then you come back and, and you're good and nobody lost anything. Right. Um, you have, if you're cybersecurity, you have to prepare for attacks on multiple levels that you would never have thought of if you hadn't already been exposed to this information. Right. And that's, that's, I call it the trifecta. There's the three things you need in cybersecurity you need education, certification, and experience. Not more, you know, not one, not the other, not two. You need all three. Because uh, let's take the CISO function, for example. The, uh, the CISO is three things it is a lawyer an accountant and a cybersecurity professional all rolled up into one. We need to know the law. We need to know what the constraints are. We need to know how to be able to approach the business aspect of it, which is, of course, the accounting. And then you need to know how to uh, implement the strategies in order to get it done, which is why the Equifax thing bothers me so much. And I've seen a lot of people coming out defending the lady that that resigned her job saying that you don't need to be you don't need to have education uh to be a cybersecurity professional no i absolutely disagree you mm -hmm. get exactly what you got with the equifax breach when you don't have somebody that knows cybersecurity yeah. and so yeah sure go ahead and hire it there's no standards and i get that there's no standards we as the cybersecurity community need to create those standards we need to start you know, having it to where this is what it looks like. This is what we do. This is what we expect you to have. It is ridiculous that anybody would say that anybody in a C-suite level position doesn't need education. See, uh, CISO is kind of fringe, but I agree. I agree, especially uh, for Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, but whenever you're whenever you're running a breach response, what you do and how you do it is it, it's just like the cop thing. Your your training, your knowledge, your understanding of how that works, psychology in some ways for for like the police officers, uh, knowing psychology, human behavior really helps you to be able to know what to do next. Uh, and that's that's kind of like cybersecurity because I know what I'm looking for. I know how to handle it on the fly. And my my. The way I handle a situation in cybersecurity is going to designate, to dictate the outcome mm -hmm. of how it's going to look when it's finished. Well, when a woman in that position. A person in that position. Well, the woman in that position. I'm sorry, not a woman. The, the woman in that position had a degree in, was it French or Russian? Music. Music. Okay, sorry. Um, had a degree in, in music, and she becomes, with very minimal experience. Correct. Uh, becomes the CISO of a data aggregate company, okay? Because make no mistake, that's what that's what Equifax is, right? Okay. Now it, it determines and um, keeps track of your credit score, but that's based on the data that is provided by both you and retailers. And when they have that little experience in education, that's how you end up with. The fucking password, sorry, the fucking password and login for their main office in Argentina being admin for both. Right. Well, it's, it's not, again, if you get in that situation where you've got somebody that's got a music degree, and again, if you do have that position for some reason, and I'm talking to everybody that's in cybersecurity, and you know who you are, that, that really, I'm not saying you don't deserve the job because that's not fair for me to say, but you know you're lacking uh, in areas of cybersecurity, do yourself a favor. Go get it. Don't yeah. don't just sit there. Uh, uh, earn your job. Yeah, and 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 keep up with new information. Absolutely. I every morning, dude. Every morning. Like like we live 
in an age of information where you can access all of the stuff that you might need for your field and other fields at your fingertips. Second podcast rant. I'm feeling better. Yeah. (laughs) So, so given, given that you wake up every morning, reach over, grab your phone off the charger and check Facebook or email or Twitter or whatever it is that you check first thing in the morning when you wake up. If you're getting your breach information from Facebook, you might want to... It it doesn't matter what the information is. I'm making a general statement to people that we all wake up and we check our fucking phones. I don't. Everybody does. You don't get your information from Facebook? No. I get it from McDonald's. Everybody gets up, checks their phones. There's massive rampant phone addiction. Anyway, so when you wake up, you have access to this information. You know you have access to this information. If you have a job that is overseeing large amounts of information for other people or protecting the profit margins and life livelihood of hundreds to hundreds of thousands of people do some fucking due diligence well yeah and th- read something that's kind of where i'm going i mean you can't just you you hold you hold business as and it sounds well so long as you got a good firewall everything's okay that's not due diligence that's no. that's a very small piece of what's that's, going that's on that's laziness right, well okay that's like we'll saying that's like saying my pizza my pizza recipe is good so i'm not going to bother to actually check the ingredients okay can we give it another analogy because i, I wasn't behind that one yeah fair enough okay I'll have to take a minute to think of another. That's okay. Stop it when you're it's ready. But it ain't delivery. It's the genre. No, but it, it it really it really boils down to you think you've got all of your ducks in a row. You think you've got all the elements in a row, and you're not even considering all of the other factors that go into this. You've got one piece in place, and you can't be bothered to double check and make sure all the rest of them are right. Here's a little a little tip for anybody that that wants to know. Whenever I'm getting into a system, I'm always on the inside. I'm not hitting your firewall. I'm in your business. Like that's that's how I'm going to approach it. Now, can I get through your firewall? More than likely, not, but I'm always going to go after the path of least resistance. We talked about that last uh, last podcast. To be around it, right? So I'm going to find somebody in inside of your building that I can exploit. I'm going to throw out some some spam emails. I'm going to do some spear phishing. You know, it's the ridiculous titles we come up with. What things. fishing? Spear phishing and phishing. P H I. Yeah, phishing. You don't like the metaphor? No. Mm. No. Just like I don't like the whole sequel thing. It's SQL for a reason. <laughs> Why shorten something that's already short? Sequel. Uh, because it's got to be clever. I mean... Well, again, is it NASA? I get that. We have a generation that won't even bother to say pumpkin spice latte anymore. If it's I get called season. a CISO one more time... I like my fish fry. Oh. Are you a sysadmin? No. C-I-S-O. CISO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need a CISO. It's like, <laughs> okay. Sounds like a... Are you calling a CEO? A <laughs> <laughs> SQL is three syllables. Add yeah. one letter and to the SQL is two. Well, no, it's, that's not the part that gets me. Yeah, I know it's shorter, uh-huh. but SQL is structured <laughs> query language. I understand. SQL is the shortened version of the, of the word. SQL is less syllables. I get it, but what you're doing is you're shortening something that's already short. Are you really that fucking lazy? Yes, he's making something short even shorter. Everybody's that lazy, Jake. Just saying. It's just me, I guess. I call it economy of syllables. But yeah, the whole CISO thing goes, CISO. It's fun to say. Look, we're we're talking about people in a modern business culture that are trying to be 
hip and cool. I get it, but why not do that? You got no, no, CEO, they you stop got that. CTO, you got CFO, you got all these other ones. Why is mine the one that gets picked on? Because you're the new tech. Because you're the new tech. Tech CISO has nothing to do with tech. No, discuss it. It's not how difficult it is to do. Okay, so here's the thing. Whenever you have uh, some of these new technology, especially the IoT, which is another one of those acronyms that kind of bother me. IoT, the Internet of Things. Okay, one iota? So, What's wrong with that? What, IoT? Yeah. Internet of Things? Discusses whether or not a lot has online connectivity. Does it connect online? Is it the Internet of Things? Is my... Is my refrigerator it's, IoT? It's kind of it's kind of lazy, in my opinion. It's, it's kind of lame, lazy. is what it is. It's just a marketing term. Well, exactly. But yeah. You don't have to keep using it to describe. Like even I have security magazines that I get every now and then that come up and like let's discuss the IoT. My my LinkedIn like, is just full of IoT stuff. Like the term like, cloud. Yeah, exactly. Is it you got servers in Iowa? Cloud. cloud. It's up in the sky, right? Uh, you, you know how many people have asked me that, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. Is it, that's it, up there with mixologist in the most annoying terms yeah. of the modern I'm era. I'm going to tell you what, though, man. Like, the Avengers movie with that big fucking plane did not help. People, The big plane that just floats up in the sky like that? That there is whoa, a, an whoa, actual whoa. infrastructure whoa, whoa, whoa. in oh, the sky. On. You're talking about the helicarrier. Yeah. I thought you were talking about That was plane. not the Avengers movies. That was Captain America, Civil War. Winter Soldier. No, that was that was uh-huh. Avengers. Avengers also because they had Loki in the uh, in the prison. But that was that was after they were introduced in Captain America: Winter Soldier. The Infinity Gauntlet has been thrown down. I, and I can appreciate where you're coming from with this, bad. but nonetheless, you're saying that people believe there's some kind of hovering city yeah, above. There's us? some sort. Of, yes, I have encountered people who have. There told are me people that, the that cloud, believe the world's not round. Okay. I, yeah, uh, but, yeah we right. actually had that conversation yeah, earlier. We did, but yeah, those people did. they think that there there are structures in the clouds mm. that are harboring our information what there's not i'd never run out yeah. of gas dude satellites are server farms don't you know you got to send somebody up every time you have to reboot a server right <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to send a space mission for a fucking battery change on the board a very long stuff. Oh, that damn plug came loose that's again the latter idea. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's when you give him this line yeah he'll be there between monday and friday just make sure you're home <laughs> Fuck. Uh, well, you have ESD, somebody there to let him in the building. <laughs> what? You, you didn't press the button. All you had to do was press the button. I mean, it's really that easy. <laughs> no, he came back. We're going to have to make a second trip. <laughs> Another one that people need to know. If you have someone come into your office telling you they can make you compliant, they are lying. There is no way to do that. The way compliance works, and we will get that into that on another, another podcast. But I just felt like the, you know we needed to go ahead and say that early. If someone is guaranteeing you compliance, they can't give it to you. There's no way. Every single regulatory body that exists makes sure that that can't happen. You have to have the input of the actual company for compliance. So you can't be made compliant. Does that make sense? No. no. Well, no, no. Oh, okay. Repeat you, that? You, yeah, you need you need to clarify that. Why can't say that? Why can't you make them compliant? Say that again. Oh, mm-hmm. 
well, that's going to be another one. I got to think so, about for a second because I got to I got to delve that out. The, uh, the company or agency. So if somebody asks you to make them compliant, you cannot do that. I can no. help. I can guide them to compliance. I cannot make them compliant, yeah, and it is not can the same make thing. Them compliant, you can't then. certify them nobody. compliant. No, nobody. Nobody can make you compliant. You and the you and your IT. You and your IT director or cybersecurity professional or whoever it is you that you have contracted with. I just with. said you can't have those no, two. No, no, no. Uh, whoever it is that you've uh, contracted with to do this. And some people hire IT professionals to do this. And which some people they hire, shouldn't, by they the way. Shouldn't. They shouldn't, but they, they do. Also, they also hire lawyers. They hire lawyers and accountants to do this which shit, they too. Should all, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and hit that issue. Well, before you jump on that, it sounds like you're telling me that I've got a company that can never be compliant. No. no, no. What I'm saying is, is if you have somebody saying like you have a third party company saying, hey, we can make you HIPAA compliant, like for a, for a hospital or something like that to make a sale. So, yeah, to make a sale run from that, because that is just not true. There is no way for an entity to make another entity compliant. We but can, the entity can make themselves compliant. Yes, they can be okay. guided to compliance, but they cannot be made compliant. We can work with you. So that your company and operation can become compliant can be within compliance but we cannot make you compliant correct and anybody that's trying to say is a snake oil sales hey so I, can i use this to uh i can use this to lock up my pc plus put data on it too And right-click it if you got BitLocker turned on in Windows 10. And you can put it to where you can encrypt that drive in total. So if you lose it, if it gets stolen or anything like that, uh, I'm not saying it's not breakable, but it takes an awful long time to be able to get around the BitLocker encryption. I carry a couple of them on me, too. And you can do it by certificate so that if you lose the password or forget it, you can... Uh, you can crack the password on it like uh not crack but uh but get into it if you forgot the password so you're not just strung up on the uh or if you lose the usb stick you can still get into it with a password right exactly well it, it, it goes across operating systems like um even though i did it on windows 10 and bitlocker if i were to go back with a windows 7 machine that didn't have bitlocker it'll still prompt me for a password and i still can't get into it even linux but you can use it for multiple computers yes and I can still put information on it. Correct. Are you talking about locking up the drive or, or turning on the computer and having it to where the computer won't turn on without the drive? Well, like you do it. Oh, like I'm doing. The uh, the drive turn on. Because I have it both ways. Okay. With the BitLocker, I BitLocker the drive itself, but I put the, actually, the uh, actual key on the USB stick so that whenever I plug it into my computer, if the USB device is not recognized by the computer, the computer will not boot. So you have to plug the key in or it will not come so on. Great for losing? children. You can still do a recovery key. Okay. Like you can print out the, the recovery key on it so that you can get into the, the system and you don't have to worry about, oh, my God, my damn drive. But you can, because it's 32 gigs, you can still put stuff on it along with that key. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, you just got to make sure the file that it puts on there, which is a, a really long string of crap, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just have to make sure that stays on the drive. Don't format it. Oh, don't format it. You do that and you're screwed. Yeah. Well, you can still use the recovery key that it mm -hmm. makes you print, but to paint the ass. Also, don't keep the recovery key on your desk next to the keyboard. So somebody was like, "Oh, no USB key, no problem. Use that." Yeah, don't do that. That's silliness. So we got topical for a couple seconds. That's fantastic. 
is it like maybe I shouldn't leave it my uh, all of my passwords on a post-it note on my screen under the keyboard or on the screen? You got to try to hide it. So you under know, the I, keyboard. I, 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 no, that was I'm covered for... last week. Huh? I remember. Yeah. Well, not last week, but last episode. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, I, want, so I want you. I want cut. you to know I listen. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I, I keep wanting to prove myself. I told you I would listen. I listen. I yeah, you, you did. Notes. No, I just, right. you, you're telling me more I about the podcast wanna, than I, I remember. Keep, so you're doing great. To keep it going, man. I'm, <laughs> I tattoo my, uh, my integrity my is to my junk. And look, this is a. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is this is what what the listening audience needs to know is, is is if you actually listen to the podcast, we might tap you for content. So you know, kind of stick around. Make sure you ask questions. You can always ask questions by calling eight three three nine call us or eight three three nine two two five five eight seven, or you can just email us at questions at cybertalkpodcast dot com. We always answer questions such as this one came over tweet. Was it a tweet? It was a tweet. It was a tweet. Uh, can somebody give me the actual factual question, please? Adam, what was He's the, coming. He's coming. What was the question from Twitter? Uh, word for word, please. Twitter. Word for word. From Twitter, word for word. By, uh, I think, uh, did, we, did we have a, a name attached to it? I want to make sure we got the like the name of the the account. You know, just give them the, the proper dues. Oh, 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 we, we, we want to give this shout out? Oh, absolutely. Follower? It's a shout follower? out. So, follower. Somebody actually asked us a question. I'm, I'm quite right. pleased with us right now. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Uh, Ben wanted to ask a, a question, so we just pulled him in the studio instead. Walking Felt like down, that was the better way to do the street, it. Yeah, there you go. We're Shanghai. Hey, aren't you that guy? No, 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 that's not us. It's that classic stage hook. We just That's right. Yoink. <laughs> All right. From a Lee, we have Is it just Lee? That's that's it's not hashtag Lee it's, it's sniffs hashtag roses or anything. Ask Lee Landeshi. Okay. Okay, yeah, Lee. And and what did what did this person ask? Uh well, first off, he uh gave us a shout out in oh. his comment. Well, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Um but he asked, I've been trying to figure out why they have stopped putting in coffee holders on computers. Uh, the big reason for that, as far as I know, I mean, I'm not like a Dell or anything like that. A Dell, a uh, Dell representative or a um, another computing company that I'm just going to cut and put on the floor because I just put a shout out to a company I shouldn't have. But um, rolling in the it's deep. It's very difficult. You're rolling in the deep, are we? <laughs> I am not a computer manufacturer in the traditional sense, but what I will say is it got very expensive to replace those cup holders. So mm. we, we stopped doing them, and customers started complaining uh, that they kept breaking them because they were putting heavier and heavier, and we can only hold so much weight on the CD-ROM door. I mean, the uh, cup holder drive. <laughs> Um, yeah, once once those Route forty fours came out, it sucked. Yeah, no, you were it, just screwed. Exactly, they just broke. So we um we 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 made a collective decisions as uh, IT people to be assholes and take them out. You just need to set it on top of the computer now. Mm, not on top of the keyboard. Well, if you have a laptop, it needs to be on the keyboard. Oh, okay. Where's that disclaimer button? This question didn't really involve anything in regards to. How manufacturers are not including them on the computer anymore? But that's the way I got it. You well, can, he was asking why, and I, I thought I was given a, a, a pretty I, the good, way it sounded like IT technicians are taking them out on purpose when they get them. Hey, look, we've we've just had to phase them out over time, um, because they kept breaking, right? Because people just kept ordering too much soda, right? And it just look, you can use the top of it. In fact, we've started putting uh, 
air vent grills on top of the computers so that it, it holds better. You know, mm -hmm. airflow, keep your keep your stuff cool. So Yes, because everyone knows that the air that comes out of the computers is a just chilly, the nicest a chilly, chilly seventeen degrees Celsius. Mm, yeah. Anybody want to run that math real fast? Delicious. Something about sixty-five degrees or something like that. Sixty-eight degrees. Smart asses. Anyway, they put a new feature in the Apple Watch 4 that puts it to where if you've taken a fall, it recognizes you've taken a fall and says, Do you want me to call 911? Oh, all of the people taking selfies that fall off of high buildings. That's going to be fucking wonderful. With blood coming out of their <laughs> head. <laughs> well, it brings Just, up, a, it, it brings up a really good point. And with the EKG monitor on it, they can tell if, well, these guys are dead anyway. Oh, fuck. Did y'all see? Did y'all see? Jacking off? Go ahead. What? No. <laughs> what if you're jacking off all of a sudden? You run four miles and, you know, 45 seconds, your heart rates through the roof. Police get called. So that's some that's serious Fourth Amendment mm -hmm. concerns. You know, yeah. one if you know if somebody. So if what happens if I get if I have too many beers right at the podcast, go home, slip and fall and hit the floor. Apple goes, oh, man, you know, this guy, you know, there was this much deceleration between, you know, this elevation and this, and I don't know how detailed they can get. Accelerate, very. He must be, he must be. Intoxicated. Yeah, somebody, or, or somebody must have broken into his house and brained him, right? right? So let's send the police. We knock at the door and nobody answers. The police going to make that entry. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm wondering why somebody's beating on my door. You grab a firearm. It's uh, it, it really, that's, that's, a, that's a Pandora's box, man. That's tough. Yep. It's really very is. tough. Well, that's that's part of the problem with technology is where do you draw that line? Hey, nobody really knows the answer. And you don't know until you've made mistakes and people have the time to develop into a moral panic and then write, write legislation to yeah. try and cover it. There's probably about 1,000 to 2,000 cybersecurity professionals on, on the planet or in the United States, and we can, we can verify those numbers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to say that's that many and we got 100,000 jobs that need to be filled in that area, guess what? There's a massive shortage. Mm -hmm. And so companies are going to shoehorn whoever they need to shoehorn into those positions, regardless of their knowledge, with those people not realizing what's actually on the line for them. Now, they're glad because they got a promotion, and they're going to fight like hell to keep their jobs. But in actuality, what's happened is they've been put into a position that if something shits the bed, as to quote a famous guy, uh, if something shits the bed, they're on the hook for it. And I don't think they realize that. And that, mm. that's one of those things that need to be brought to light. There's a lot more to cybersecurity than just your firewall. Well, but those guys are CYA for the C-suite. Right. No, that's it, exactly. Well, it, it's there's two types of companies, and I've broken it down to this is my own little thing. I've broken it down to two types of companies. You got your companies that want to do the right thing, but don't know exactly who or, or what or how to hire. And then you have the other companies that really don't care who they hire. They just need a presence to say, oh, yeah, well, we just hired a CISO in order to save face in public eye or to, to create a false sense of security for the C-suite or, or whatever it is. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to address what to look for, how to hire, and some of my ridiculous stories from the road in that. Next month on <laughs> CyberTalk. I was actually going to get into it now, but that's okay. No, but no, no we're, we can. Yeah, yeah, we can. We can definitely record it. But I mean, you know that that that's a that's a that's a cliffhanger. 